Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. I want to speak to you this morning about something new. Uh, something new, and uh, we're, we're shifting into to something else today, and we're, we're living through these times of change, and even through as a church, we're living through the times of change with all the changes and adjustments and shuffling that we're having to do as we uh, work through these times, and uh, one of the things that we have to remember is that we have to be flexible in these times, uh, and I think that is something we've had to learn because there's uh, all the shifting in the world that we have, and There's an old saying that says this, and I know they kind of pull it from Scripture, and they say, blessed are the flexible, for they will not break, right? Uh, And you've probably heard me say that before, but it's a reality. There's some serious truth to that statement. And uh, we, we learn how to handle life, and we learn to adjust. We learn to be resilient. And, you know, here in Kansas... It's quite interesting with our weather and with uh, there's two things that I can think about uh, when it comes to Kansas and our weather. The first thing is sunshine. And this morning, you know, I stepped outside to to see, uh, open the door, and and actually it was kind of warm. The sun was nice and warm, but I remember uh, when I was first moving back after having lived away in, in warm states for about 20 years, when, when I was moving my family back here home and uh, to see what it was like, I, I, you know, I'd been gone for a while. I don't know why I couldn't remember some things, but uh, uh, I went back. I did some searching on the web to see that Kansas has 220 days of sun. I thought, what does Texas and Oklahoma and California have on us for that? Uh, that's pretty good. 220 days of sun and and, uh, and that's one of the things we have. It's great here. And, and, but the second thing that uh, I, we're known for is wind, right? We, we tend to have a little bit of wind. Uh, and once in a while, the wind will blow, right? Uh, and so the thing about wind, though, it does a couple things. It'll either blow the warm weather in when it comes from the south, or it tends to blow the cold weather in when it comes from the north or so. And so we, we get that. We're kind of there in the middle, and we can get either one. But the problem is, is when those winds join those fronts together, and it's hot and it's cold, and then we have those little spinny things. Uh, I can't remember what you call it. Tornadoes, right? And, and those things come through, and there's some challenges with them. One of the things that comes to mind for me when I think of those are trees. And trees, of course, they are, tend to be somewhat flexible, right? They've got water in them. They, they soak up the water, and uh, they, they're somewhat flexible in the wind. And, and they, they can bow and whip around and move. And when high winds come in or a tornado or something like that, they can whip around. Sure, they can be uprooted. And sure, there's times that they can have uh, uh, some of their branches broken off. That's just normal. That's just what it's like to go through storms. And, but there's another thing I think about, too, which is houses. And most houses are made from wood structure, right? Not everything is concrete. Sure, there's concrete there, but a lot of them are wood structure. But what's the correlation between wood and trees, right? 
the, the wood is a tr comes from the tree, right? It's lumber. It comes from that. But there's a difference between those two because if you think about a two-by-four, I don't have one in front of me, but if you think about a two-by-four or two-by-six, it's just a piece of dimensional lumber that has come out of a tree that's been cut from that, and then the thing is kiln-dried. They take all the water out of it that they can to a real low percentage. And if you put that piece of lumber up by a tree and you see which one bends more, you're going to see that the tree is going to bend more, right? But if you take a house and if you build it with those two-by-fours, when the torn that same tornado comes, it's not going to be near as flexible. Now it's going, to be, it's going to depend on how it is structured and how it's built. I understand that part of the construction. But, but it's, it's not going to bend as easy, and it's likely that that 2 by 4 which is stiff and strong, but also somewhat brittle, is going to break a little bit easier than that tree will. And, and so we understand about being flexible in the times that we live in, and, and this is really the way it is for us today in this world that we're living in. It's really challenged us with some stuff, and we have to ask ourselves if we're going to remain flexible. And uh, flex, a flexibility does not mean unreliable. It doesn't mean that. But being flexible helps us to accept the new thing that God is doing in our lives. Because God is going to be doing a new thing. And in some ways, God has started some new things in us in the days that we are in. And change isn't always bad. Now, it may be painful, right? We understand that change can be painful at times, but it doesn't always mean that it's bad. It usually means that it's different, and it brings challenges. Change can be tough when the winds are blowing through, but you can't adjust. And I'm, I'm going to call this message something new, and, and we can find some powerful life-changing words from the Scripture over in Isaiah chapter 43. It was here I was reading this week. Actually, I've been going through uh, uh, Isaiah for a little while in my devotions and uh, for the past uh, few weeks. And uh, here I was uh, reading in the, in the scripture, and I felt pretty strongly that this passage was our word for the day. As I was going through it, uh, I had sat down, uh, sat down in my chair and just felt like the Lord was directing me back. and said, hey, get into this Bible reading plan again today, and there's something there for you. And I, I couldn't do anything but come back to this prophetic word from Isaiah and what he says there. And he's writing to God's people, Israel specifically. That's who he's writing to, Isaiah 43. And, uh, and we know that many things have been spoken about Israel in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. They still have a place in this world uh, and on the world stage, and they still have a place in God's view of things. So we need to take these words to heart as we read through what the Lord is saying in these first few verses, and we're going to kind of peruse down through all this passage. But look at what he says here in verses 1 and 2. He says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, He who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. And he says in verse 3, he says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And he goes on from there, but when I look at that passage and I'm reminded about who he is and what he has done for us, it can make us look at the situations that we are in in a different light because we know that he cares for us. And really, I think this is one of the most powerful promises the Lord can give us. And and, uh, we know that he's speaking to Israel. It's for them. It's about them. But there are some things I really feel that connect to us in some sense, and we can gain from what he's saying to them. And the first thing is, is do not fear. Do not fear. Now, Pastor Michael, I don't think he knew this passage that I was going to preach on, but I think that when they put the, the, the song songs together this morning, uh, I think they fit very well in where we're going today and also what we've already talked about. God's talking to his people, Israel, here, but you can, you can put your name here to it as well. And this prophetic word comes to God's people through Isaiah, and we see that God is reminding them of several things that give us a reason not to fear. And why, uh, why should we fear? You know, what, what, should we, what can we base our confidence on uh, to not fear? And we understand we base it on him, and we've talked about it. But, well, right now, anyway, uh, he, he says, this is what the Lord says, he who created you. He's the creator. He's the one that's formed us. He's the one that's made us. He designed us. And we need to catch that. Why should we fear when it's God who has created us in the first place? Life really isn't some cruel joke from our creator. It's just not. It is a blast thing to be able to live this life, even with challenges that we face. Uh, life, life is uh, here for God's pleasure and his glory and so that you can have a part in his plan. And aren't you grateful that you get to have a part in the plan of God? I'm glad that he even looks at us and says, hey, I want you in my plan. I think that's a wonderful thing. And so we're, we're here for him. He's the creator and we don't have to fear. And the prophet of God takes it a step further under the Holy Spirit's direction. And he says here in verse 2, he says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I love the language that he uses and the encouragement that he is bringing out to us. I I don't know about you, but if you're not a good swimmer, water can be dangerous, right? I get by swimming, but that's about it. Uh, But uh, I used to live by the Missouri River, and and the Missouri River, they call it the Muddy Mo. It's a a raging river, if you know much about it. it. It is a muddy river, brings in all that silt from up north, and but it's deep and it has a lot of whirlpools in it. It's a rough river to be on. And uh, so I've, I, I haven't actually fished on the thing, but I've known those that have fished on it and some of the stories they've told me. And, you, and they said, if you get in the water, you have to be careful because of the whirlpools in there, and they'll take you under and you'll be gone. And so that's just the way that kind of river is for us. We Sure, we have uh, the Kansas River here, and sure, it's rough. It's not quite like that, but it has its places too. And so any kind of river, when you, when you go through them, they can be dangerous. 
those uh, things can take us down. But the, but the Holy Spirit says here, that I'll be with you. And then he says, even in those bad places, they will not sweep over you. And that's why we don't have to fear. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't wear a life vest when you jump into a river or if you fall into the river, right? You need to have that thing on. Even if you're a good swimmer, you get into situations that you can't take care of by yourself. I, I remember when one time I was on a mission trip to, uh, to uh, El Salvador, and uh, it was the first, first time when I was starting out in missions, and uh, the guy that was leading the trip his name is Hal. He was leading us, and he was telling us, you've got to watch. They were black sand beaches. So after we did ministry, we got to uh, get away, and we went to the beach for a little while just to relax, have some R&R to rebuild. And so we went to the black sand beach, and he says, look, this is rough waters here. The undertow is terrible. And he said, if you're not careful, you, it can uh, pull you out. And he was a really good swimmer. And then a few years later, uh, he got caught in those, and he nearly drowned. He was about 220 pounds, and it took about two other people or so to be able to get him out of there. It almost took his life. But he was able to get out of that. They helped him out of that, and then he was able to move forward and recover from that. But see, we, what we have to remember is, is we don't have to fear. Things happen, challenges we face, but the Spirit of God raises the bar again here. And you see in verse 2, he says, When you walk through the fire... You will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And this is really a promise from God that you need to be able to grab onto and look to Him and trust Him that no matter what you face, and I'm going to tell you that uh, now that this doesn't mean that you won't face difficult things and even trying things because we all face them, don't we? But that's okay. Those things may come, but what we must realize is there is not one situation that God is not capable of helping us to walk through it. We have to recognize that He is with us and He is going to put some limits on those things no matter how serious it is. How many times has God put limits on your situation you didn't even know it? I think we can all say that there have been times in our lives that we, we didn't even realize until we got past a circumstance or a situation that it's like God was helping us get through that thing and we didn't even realize it. Maybe there are times when God's done something for you and you did realize it and you knew He had intervened in your life and you, you knew that He helped you. God is faithful. How many times has God done that? Don't fear, but trust in Him. Have you ever been in the hot seat doing something and you thought everything was going to come apart? But remember, watch, watch, I, I should say, I remember watching some of my former students. So, some years ago when I was teaching, I remember watching them and they would be doing projects, they would be trying to get things together. And, and so I would be there, I would swing by, see them, and I would see they're struggling. I may give them a pointer here or there, you know, and give them those pointers so that they could accomplish what they were doing on their project. And, and then finally, I knew that there were limits in my mind of how far I was going to let them go before they act, I actually stepped in to help them. And so, but they didn't always know what those limits were because if I would have let them know what the limits were, what would they have done? Yeah, they, they'd have basically gave up and they would have said, oh, here it is, you do it. It's like, hey, I've, I already have that education. I already have that ability. It's your turn now. You're learning, right? And so, so the fact is, is when they got to that place where I had my limits, then I stepped in and I helped them and assisted them. 
And I think sometimes that's the way it is with us and God, that he knows the, the limits that he has set, and he has them in place, but sometimes we sweat a little bit in the time in the meantime, don't we? We sweat a little bit, and we have to recognize the fact that he is there with us. So God keeps those limits in place. He has your back. He walks with you. And uh, when, when things change in trying times, do not fear. Don't let tough things hold you back from serving the one who gave his life for you because he's done that for us. In the same ver a few verses, Isaiah records of this word from God that reveals, uh, that reminds his people, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, God's reminding his people who he really is. He is the Savior and this is, this is Old Testament, and he's telling them he is the Savior. And really, the Lord's reminding them about something in the Old Testament that took place with Moses and the children of Israel when he pulled them out of Egypt. He pulled them out, and they crossed the Red Sea and all of the, all of the things that took place with that. And, uh, and I don't know where you're at now. You may feel like you're living in Egypt. You may feel like you're in that, uh, under that yoke of slavery for whatever reason. And, but yet there is a point where he brings healing and he brings deliverance. We sang about that this morning. And we know that he is with us. He is the Savior. Look at what the Lord says through Isaiah here in verses 5 and 6. Here in verse five, five, 5 and 6, he says, Do not be afraid, for I am, the, I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is, is called by my name, who I, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So we know he. We know here he, he is. Uh, he, he's speaking to Israel. He's speaking about that return to come back. And I, and I understand that sometimes people, uh, sometimes people view themselves as Israel that are not. But yes, he is speaking to Israel specifically. And, and yet we have been brought into the family of God as well. And we understand even the Apostle Paul talks about us being grafted into the vine. We've been grafted in, brought in among the people of God, and, and there, there's, there's, uh, there's no separation anymore between God's chosen people and us who believe and put our faith in Him. Because of that, we must not view ourselves proudly either. Paul talks about that. Uh, with our new status of being grafted into the family of God, right? Now, it may be a stretch for me, but I believe really that God is going to do something like this. Even for us, I believe he's going to bring back to the, in the remnant who've been wandering. There's plenty of people who've been wandering out there. And they've been wandering for a long time, not, be, not just because of corona. There are those that are wandering because of corona. And maybe they threw their hands up thinking, oh, how God could allow something like this. I don't know, probably so. The reality is, is it, it is what it is. This isn't the first time this has happened. It happened 100 years ago. Uh, and these things are just part of living, 
part of living in a broken and a fallen world, that if we can just grab a hold of that and understand that truth and that reality, we can understand some of that. But I believe he's going to bring some of those back who've been wandering and uh, there's been those who are hurting in this trying time, and, and, and he's going to bring them in and bring hope again. We simply need not to be afraid. And we need to trust in the one who holds it all together. Secondly, we must find from Isaiah the, this, that you are God's chosen servant. You are. You say, wait a second, I'm no preacher, I'm no this or that. You are still God's chosen servant as well. Look at what he says there in verse 10 of Isaiah chapter 43. He says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one. Uh, nor will there be one after me. None before, none after. Doesn't include idols because idols aren't anything. That's what the scripture teaches us pretty much. And so in the time that we're living, you don't have to fear because you know where your help comes from, but it comes down to this, that the Lord has chosen you as one of his servants. You're, you're a witness of him to those in your sphere of influence. And when the Lord spoke this through Isaiah, he used the word you in a plural sense. That's where we always get a challenge in English because of the way we use you. You know, up north you could say uh, you guys or you guyses. Uh, down in Texas you could say y'all, all y'all. Uh, you know, so we, we get, see, the slang helps us out a little bit, right? But when you, when you, get, into, uh, when you get into something like this, it does, it's kind of harder. And so you look at that, uh, he's talking about you there in a plural sense, and then he talks about witnesses. He doesn't say witness, he says witnesses. He, he's bringing it out to all of them. So he's not just talking to the prophet alone, he's actually talking to the people of Israel. And we should accept that for ourselves in some sense and understand that, that we are his witnesses as well. And we know that that's been brought to us in the New Testament as Jesus has commissioned us for this world to be witnesses of Christ into every area of our world that we live in. God has called you to help others understand that he is God. God cares not only for you, but also for others. And sometimes we we become so focused on our own needs that we don't even notice the needs of others. Does that ever happen to you? I think it happens to all of us, doesn't it? It's just called being a human being that sometimes we're trying to deal with our own situation so much that we lose track of others around us and we have to be careful about that because we need to be balanced to that, that area so that we can see the needs of others as well besides just ourselves. It's just a reality that, that we all have to deal with. It's like driving down the highway nowadays. You drive down the highway, and if you come upon somebody who is broken down on the side of the road, it's interesting in our culture now, things have shifted so much, but if you see somebody broken down on the highway, usually you, fi you figure, well, they've got a cell phone. And so they can call, right? And that's what you expect. So they can call with their cell phone and they can get help. The other thing is you can concern about your own safety from the cars. And if that person is legitimately there, uh, you, you want to make sure that you stay safe, your family stays safe, all that kind of stuff. 
And so uh, uh, they, they expect, uh, you expect they can make a call and they'll be good. Here, here's is another place that we have to be flexible in the changing times in our lives. I'm not recommending that you just stop for every broken car on the side of the road, right? You, you understand that. We, we can pull that out. But, but, but we understand that we may need to have those opportunities to be a witness of Christ in our community and to the relationships and the connections that we have. And it's going to come out in many different ways. Uh, we're not perfect. We're growing, right? We're growing in our faith. We're not perfect, but we're, we're striving for that perfection. We're striving to grow and to follow him and to be an example to the world around us. We don't want to miss opportunities. And, and you're the Lord's servant. You are the Lord's servant. And, and he can work through your life. Doesn't matter what your background has been. Doesn't matter where you're at now. He wants you to grow past where you're at now. He wants your life to be strengthened so that he may minister through your life. Finally, Isaiah over here, he takes us back to this great victory of salvation uh, for the people of Israel as the Lord tells how the mighty works uh, how his mighty works actually put some limits on Israel's situation back at the time of the Red Sea. And look at what he says there in verses 16 and 17 of Isaiah 43. He comes back to this, he tells us these words, he says, This is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, uh, snuffed out like a wick. He's like, he's drawn them out. He's drawn them out from there because they were going to try to overtake Israel again. And God says, no, I'm pulling them out from here. You've had them in slavery, and that is not right. And he said, I'm going to shut you down. And uh, you, you, do, do you get what, it's like, like he's saying, do you get what I've done? Isaiah is bringing up, he's bringing up this miracle of God. Can, you can understand how he shut down the Egyptians when they're trying to run, run over them. The, the salvation that the waters brought to those who are willing to believe and follow Moses were the same waters that snuffed out those who were trying to enslave and destroy them. Now, we do know some things here, and we don't always talk about it very much, but there were those who probably stayed in Egypt. Not much is written about that. There are probably, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm going to say that just from the reading of the Scripture, there are probably those that said, no, I'm not going. And there are probably those that went with them because they saw the miracles that took, play, took place in Egypt. They had to come out with faith. They had to trust Moses. They had a hard time with it, didn't they? We, we know that they had a really rough time. They were not perfect. They messed up time and time again. In fact, even after they came out and Moses goes up to the mountain, what do they do? Oh, well, look at that. There's a big golden calf that come out of all of this. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Then they started worshiping this other false god that they created. But what did the Lord say through Isaiah there? He said, there's none before me and there's none after me. It's not possible. He is God, and that's a great thing. He's God, and, and uh, now, now here is where we need to follow along with the prophet again, and, and here we see this. He says something else to us, and I say it this way, don't look back. Don't look back. 
we must be careful that we don't look back. There, there may have been some great things that God has done for you, but don't dwell on the past. Because dwelling on the past, even sometimes the good things. Now, it doesn't, you know, we remember that he has just finished talking about the great miracle of God, uh, of crossing the Red Sea. And now, and now he's, he's telling us this. Uh, there, there may be some miracles of, of how God has pulled you out of some painful things in your life. Uh, but don't look back. You may have lost your job or your business like I, I've heard some that have, and they told me what they've walked through, and, uh, but don't look back. Even for us as a church, we face some challenges in all of this with all this COVID stuff and, and, and those kind of things, but we're not quitting. We're still rolling. We're all working to move forward and trust in God as we serve together. Amen. Just because of these things happen, we must not look back. We must not let that pull us down. And you must not rely on yesterday's turkey, right? You guys have turkey for Thanksgiving or some kind of meal, you know? Maybe you just pulled out uh, spam. I don't know. Whatever you had, it doesn't matter. But the th fact is, as you can only turn, you can only eat that leftovers for a while. And then if you eat them, if you hold them too long, they're going to go rancid. Reality, right? And it was good. Turkey's good. Other stuff, maybe you ate a hamburger. I'm not sure what you ate, but, but, but those things are good. But we have to make sure that we don't continue to look back and listen to what the Lord says to the prophet Isaiah here in 43, verses 18 and 19. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And then he says this, see, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, but you, do you not perceive it? Do you get it? He's saying, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's like God is saying to Israel at this time, I'm going to do something like you've never even thought of. There was a Sunday when we first met together after COVID. I was standing right there in worship. And the Lord spoke to my heart on that. I think it was January. I don't remember exactly what it was. And I told some of the staff this too. But I felt like the Lord spoke a word to me right there. And, and it was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something great. Watch what I'm going to do. Now, we've seen some challenges. That's not the only, uh, that's not the only thing that God has given me uh, through this period of time. Uh, I, that's not the norm for me like that, but the, I really feel like the Lord is saying that he is going to do something. It's bigger than us. I don't know which way, how he is going to do that. Do I fully understand? No. But I do know this. He is God, and there is nothing going to put limits on him. Nothing. And we must be willing to follow him and serve him because it's not about any one man, any one individual. It is about the Lord and he is the king. Last time I read, the scripture says that he is the head of the church. Jesus, he's the head of the church. And he also said something else too, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
Those are powerful words that the scripture teaches. He's going to do something new. What you've experienced in the past, it may have been good. God may have done some great things. He's done some great things for you. And it was like he was saying, don't you get it? Don't you understand? Uh, the Lord has already reminded them that he was going to be there for them. He's going to be here for you as well today. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be fretful out of this. He, he's going to limit the things that have been getting in your way. You just need to be trusting in him. Does that, now, does that mean I'm going to be foolish and not wear a mask? No, I'm going to wear a mask. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to be wise of how I live. I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, uh, smart about that kind of thing. Uh, those things are important. I understand. But I also understand that the Lord, he is God, and he is the one that we're following, and we're going to serve him. Not only is he going to do a new thing for us, but it's going to spring up in our midst as we trust him. That doesn't mean difficulties won't come because they will happen. This is life, right? That's just the reality. We just have to, sometimes we just have to soak that up and recognize the fact, yeah, we're still going to have difficulties. One of the sad things for me as a, as a pastor and as a follower of Jesus is when I see people, when they hit a roadblock in their life, it doesn't have to be COVID. It can be something else, a personal roadblock, and then they give up because they think God has abandoned them. But the reality is God has not abandoned them. They actually live in the sinful world that we live in. And because of that, a lot of things happen that shouldn't happen and that we wouldn't expect, but they do. And so we have to trust in him. Some will turn back. We don't have to turn back because we know he's faithful and he's going to walk with us. Not only is he going to do a new thing for us, but it's going to spring up among us. In the last part of verse 19, really it reminds us of what God is going to do, not only for Israel, not only for them. He, is going to, he, is, he has brought them back as a nation, right? What a powerful thing. God is fulfilling his promise continually fulfilling his promise. But for those who truly are following God's will, he's going to do a work in our lives. And he said, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland or the desert. The first thing that hits me when I think of wilderness is trees that fill the countryside with underbrush that cover the ground. There have been many times when I've been out in the countryside and the timber and and walking, I, I enjoy that. It's been a while since I've done that, but enjoying going out in those places. And when you get into some of those areas that the underbrush and the briars and stuff are in, you know, you can really get caught up in those things where you can't even hardly move. And uh, so then you may have to back out. I've had to do that a few times, back out of those briars and, and then move back and find one of those animal trails, whether it's a cattle trail or a deer trail or something like that. And get out and then they've packed things down so you can follow that and then you can get around to where you want to go. And those are, those are great places. It's, but, but, but when you're in those tight places like that, it's just very hard and difficult until you find that opening. When you find that opening, you can start moving. And you can allow God to start working in that fashion in your life. You learn something when you're in the briars, and you learn something when you're on the path. You learn something when it's tough, and you learn something when it's easier, right? We have to be willing to learn in both of those situations and not our turn, turn our back and run away in those times when they get become difficult. Streams in the desert are the other side of that. 
streams in the wasteland. That's the, that's the other side. It's, it's, it's the refreshing that only God can bring to us in those times of life. When, when you're in a desert, there, there's not usually a lot of water running, right? It kind of depends on the situation. And some of the wells that they have to dig in those places are very, very deep to try to hit the water table to be able to, to drink any water. And for us, we recognize in the times when it's dry and we live in a parched land, whether it's physical or a spiritual situation, we recognize that we can look out to our Lord and the Lord is the one who is going to give us the water that's going to refresh our lives. We have to look to him. We all go through those times that seem dry. They seem painful, seem difficult, but we also know that at those times that the Lord is with us and he cares for us. And he's providing for us refreshment that no one else can give to us. As we wrap this up this morning, you, you may feel like you're in the dry land right now, but, but you're not alone. I can tell you that surely that you're not alone. It may feel like the, the forest that you're in is so tight that you can't get out, that you're stuck in the briars. I, I don't know, but God is going to bring you out to an open trail. You, you may feel like you're in the desert and that, you're in a, a, and that you could never have a bloom of a flower at all there, but the truth is that God can dream, bring streams into your desert and cause the flowers to bloom again in your life. Stay flexible. Stay flexible because new things will be on their way. Don't give up in the meantime. You know, the last pandemic that we had that we know of in America about a 1918, aside from the polio stuff that happened in the, what, 40s and 50s and all that period of time. I don't know. I wasn't alive at that time. Sorry, guys. But... Uh, uh, I know my parents have talked to me about that, but hey, th there's been different things that have hit us over times. And out of that last pandemic, though, we made it through, and the church thrived. And this, is, this church is one of those products. And we can recognize that God is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance, and that we can be a part of sharing that faith and that hope with other people that Jesus has come to give them life, and he has come to give it to them more abundantly. Would you stand with me this morning? He wants to do something new in your life. But I want to challenge you to ask the Lord to work in your life today in a stronger way than what he has in the past. Open your heart up to what he has for you. We're all different. We're all changing every day. But... He, he is willing to work in us like never before. Allow him to do so. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to fear. We thank you that, Lord, you've called us as your servants to be your people. We thank you, Father, that you are bringing something new into our life. And even though it may not all be, always be easy, we know that you are doing a new thing and you are going to orchestrate it according to your plan. Father, help us, help me, Lord, that I may be part of what you are wanting to do that is new. Help us all that we may be a part, 
to be willing to allow you to work in our lives through through this church body, through this the ministries here, but through our lives as individuals, Lord, that we may not just be the same old, same old person that we were yesterday or last month. Lord, and I know we've got some time ahead of us to still try to work through all these things in, in this world that we're living, but Father God, we still have hope. And I still believe that you are going to do something in our lives. Father, we yield ourselves to you today. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.